So welcome to the Troutwell Podcast. My name is Jay and I'll be your co-host. And today's lead host is Gene Natale. He's currently the CEO of Troutwood and he recently had just started up the company this summer. So Gene, I would like for you to explain the importance of having goals. Why should we have goals? Good first question, Jay. Thank you. Um, so this, this podcast, and we're here season one, this is uh, formerly our first ever podcast together, and I am uh, personally very excited to see where this goes. It's very exciting, very exciting. What we can do together, the messages we can share. Um, your first question is, is a good lead in. The title of this series is We Believe, uh, and the title of this first subcategory is We Believe in Goals. The importance of goals... Uh, are, are one to obviously give us something to shoot for, but they also help us stay a path. They help us keep focused on where we want to go and then how to get there. Uh, and you can take that question a lot of different directions from there. Definitely. I think of that and like also just having a business background. <clears throat> I think of it in a business sense of businesses, they go into business with a plan. You don't just go into business. So my next question is, why now? Why did you start Troutwood now after all these years? So, so the goal of Troutwood, the high-level goal, is to help people. But the goal underneath that is to bring awareness to a conversation we aren't having. Uh, we were actually talking here with some of the faculty. We're here at North Allegheny for this first podcast. We were talking with some of the faculty beforehand, and they have something you don't have, Jay. They have a pension fund. And you're not going to get one in highly likelihood. A pension fund was essentially a source of income for life in return for working for an organization or company for a number of years. It's a changing dynamic because what that means is you, um, our guests in attendance today, your financial future, you're on your own. You've got to learn this stuff because you're not going to have a place where you sign and say pension for life. No, you, Jay Morrison have to take ownership of your financial future. Our hope and our intent is if we can bring awareness to this conversation in a way that it's not been done before. First, awareness with statements like that. Um, but not just awareness, inspiration. Because making you aware is step one. Step two is getting you to do something. Step two is getting everyone in this room to do something, to take ownership of their financial future. So I'm very excited to communicate the potential we, the potential, the possibilities uh, of what can happen if young people take ownership of their financial future. Big goal of ours. Huge, huge goal. I mean, <clears throat> very impactful. This is, a, I believe personally, this is a game-changing goal. And that's why I'm on board with Trotwood. And another question I wanted to bring up is, why do you think this conversation wasn't brought up before, like in schools? Why wasn't it never really talked about? Um, to make students financially aware of this conversation? Boy, that's a great question. Part of it might be because to that, the, the previous question that we didn't have to. If, if society wasn't aligned where we had to have this conversation because we had a pension system around us, it was less critical to have the conversation. As that structure changes, the conversation becomes imperative, not important. Let, let me throw that one back at you, Jay. Um, you're younger than I am. Why do you think you weren't taught this subject? And what, what would have happened if, if they tried to teach you? 
Would you have been excited or would you have been bored out of your mind? I probably would have been bored out of my mind. <laughs> At the same time, I think it's more so how you communicate that message. Like, if you just started throwing a bunch of numbers at me and saying, hey, you have to save for retirement like this and that. But if you started talking to money talk, okay, now you have my ear as being, you know, a younger minded individual and being in high school at the time, you know, because people want to know, okay, how are we making money? Everyone wants to get rich, but at the same time, there's a perspective on that. There's short term and there's long term. How can we work toward those goals? And like the series, you know, having a goal, having a plan, what should your short-term goals be? What should your long-term goals be? And, you know, just me, another question I want to throw back at you was, what are some personal short-term and long-term goals and also financial? Short-term and long-term goals, very different animals. Short-term goals, geez, put food on the table tomorrow, you know? tie my shoes in the morning. I, I don't even have shoelaces on these shoes. That's a bad example. Uh, long-term goals though, particularly when we put them into the context of, of finance, uh, that's going to be our challenge. We can get people excited about what's possible by showing big numbers, by showing how easy it is to do things like invest or to make smart money choices. The harder part is going to be saying, hey, if you do this, life's going to be really good a lot of years from now. We're just not programmed to think that way. We're, we're programmed to think, boy, here it is. It's 1140. Um, when's the bell going to ring? <laughs> this day's dragging out. Days go slow, but years go quickly. And internally, as you know, we're spending a lot of time building out education to help have this conversation. It's going to be one of our challenges. And it's also why um, we're going to spend a great deal of time focused on inspiring people. What would it have taken to inspire Jay Morrison five years ago? What would it have taken if we were in a classroom, Jay, to open your eyes to what's possible if you took ownership of your financial future at that young of an age? It could change generations. You know, you'd be able to. Pay, I'd be able to pay off my college debt because right now I'm in college. I have debt. You know, just being able to utilize investments and coming up with a plan earlier on in life. Like when I was in high school, if I would have known about this stuff, it'd be way more impactful now. Like, and I'd be kind of ahead of the curve, at least the majority of individuals in our society. Um, something else I wanted to ask, like, Trout, what, what is the mission? Like, if you could explain to people, like just for a live audience, I, I have an understanding of what the mission is and goal, but just you being the CEO of Troutwood and starting up your own company um, at where you're at in your life now, what is, what is the mission? Uh, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole and, and I'm going to go really deep because we, we've set our goals, helping people, helping young people invest. But it's, I think, even bigger from a society standpoint. And I'm going to go two paths here. Um, one, the goal of financial freedom and stepping back from that financial stress is the number one source of stress, both in our homes and our workplaces in America right now. If we can alleviate that stress, we're doing a really good thing for people. And I, I mean, alleviate through the conversation, through the awareness of what's possible, how we can achieve financial freedom, take ownership of, of our financial future, going even deeper. And we talk about this internally. 
if we can exceed, succeed in the very audacious goal of empowering young minds across this country, what if in doing so, Jay, we raise people up, people who maybe are right now thinking about just putting food on the table for next week or working two jobs to provide for a family or, or growing up in a situation where they just don't think this conversation is possible. What if we break that wall, show them it's possible, and now let them use their mind at their full capacity? Because when our mind is focused on short-term goals like food, work. How could you invest, right, how could you invest when you're focused on, I, I need to provide for right now or you know, what I got going on, or just like socially, you know, I want a new phone, I want a new, I want a car when I graduate, or, you know, you, you have all these things that we just, that society throws at you that you feel like you should have at certain ages, and then you're kind of messing, not messing up totally, because there's some perspective there, but you're not taking full advantage of opportunities for your future, like your future well-being. Yep. It's hard. It's easier to say than it is to do. Oh, yeah. In addition right now to what's changing to your earlier question, what's why the conversation is so important right now, a piece of the conversation we didn't have is how do you stand a chance when a new beautiful phone comes to the market every year with a buy now ticket on it? Um, in a, the, the society is changing in how we can buy products, how they can be marketed to us. And I'm not saying this without giving an answer to the question. Um, temptation is hard to resist at any level. And the silver bullet, the cardinal rule that we implement in that case is to put your savings first. With a financial goal, this is a great headline goal because if you put your savings first, well, then you can use the rest of your income to really do whatever you want. Maybe it's priorities, needs. Maybe you have excess income and it's once, but the critical first step in, uh, for our category here of goals, I would challenge our, our, our audience to make that goal number one. Put your savings first. Establish a goal. Even if it's a far-fetched goal, like be a, a multimillionaire, make it a goal and at least understand what the path would be there. And there's obviously a range that people could use to set those goals, but putting your savings first is a critical step now and uh i'll be honest we we believe in people real quick what if what if people don't know where to start like just for our live audience too because like these are high schoolers i mean they're pretty smart they probably understand to some extent what a savings account is but like different like investment vehicles and actually saving and like allowing your money to work for you what if they don't know where to start like why do you think a lot of people aren't investing right now? Why are there so many people who are not in the know? Yep. So we've, we've polled a great deal of student audiences on that question. I believe the unanimous number one answer across a, a wide range of schools is fear. I'm afraid of doing it. What triggers fear? Fear is triggered by the unknown. I'm afraid of investing because I don't know what might happen. And we can look at call it almost 100 years of history and say, well, this is what's happened in the last 100 years. Maybe it will repeat itself. But it's still taking a step into something you've never done before. And that's frightening for all, for all of us. Right. Human, human nature. If you've never done something, like if I've never been skydiving before 
and someone's telling me, yeah, you should skydive. And this is my first time. I'm not going to feel confident. Well, and I'm not going with you. Yeah. I'll take a picture from the ground. Right. But like, but I think once you like experience it one time and you kind of get used to it or you've been around it enough, you feel, you gain a little confidence. You know, it's like if we're going like a roller coaster for the first time, you're scared out of your mind. But once you've done it like one or two times, you know, you start getting comfortable. You get confidence. It's the same thing, but just in a different context. It's more so investment. I'll use an analogy. Um, going into my basement at home when lights are off. I'm an adult, but I still think, boy, what could be in that corner? Well, I turn the lights on, nothing. The fear is gone. So if we can break through this barrier with, with investing, and that's going to be through education, helping people understand what it means, what to do. That's a big hurdle. We're, we're not... Um, we're not identifying that as a small task. And it's why we spend almost 95% of our focus on education. Uh, I'm curious. So I teach at the University of Pittsburgh and I, I like to give the analogy. Week one, I don't have a student who says a word. Week two, you maybe get one or two brave. Uh, week three, four, they start opening up. By week seven, you know everyone's life story. And I think it's because of the fear associated with this conversation. We're nervous to think that our situation might be unique from everyone else's around us. When the reality is, the more that we talk about this, the more we're going to find similarities in our stories and then be able to use the strength that comes from having conversation with people who are in similar situations and hopefully grow the potential of what can happen. Um, I can do it. I'm very proud to say probably almost half of my students do take that step of actually opening an investment account each semester. So it shows that if we have the conversation the right way, and we'll talk more about that maybe in a later episode, why investing is such a critical step, but it's, it's an action item. It's one thing to say I'm going to do it. It's another thing to say, I've got this great goal, and to tell me about your great goal again tomorrow. It's a whole nother to take the first step, and then the second step after that. You have an investment account. Yeah. How's that, how's that feel? It feels good. I mean, it's cool. It's different. I'll say that because even <clears throat> I talked my older brother's ear off about investing too. And now he has one. And now at the end of the year, he gets to see a positive return. He's like, man, I'm, I'm, I made some pretty good money compared to just having my money sit in a bank account that's getting like 0.15%. Whereas the market, you know, just yielded almost 20% this year on the money that's in the account. So it's just like, man, I can make, I can have this much. I, I didn't even know this was out here and I'm, I'm making money on my money. Whereas before my money just sitting and I think like, okay, I got money, like I'm good. But what was the emotion you felt when you opened that account? Did you, were you nervous? Were you excited? I have a little bit of finance background, so I kind of understand. And I've been around like people who, uh, who have a lot of industry experience and I've studied to where, like I've educated myself to where I feel confident and I know what's going on. Um, can we talk about the stock market real quick? Just one time, what is, what is the stock market? Like what is the S&P 500? Like what is the index? Can we like break that down for our live audience? Absolutely. Um, the stock market on one hand is a giant unknown that generates fear, paranoia, and mistrust. On the other hand, the stock market in the connotation you're using, the S&P 500, is 
just over 500 companies that employ over 23 million people. And let me not say people. These 500 plus companies employ 23 million mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, neighbors, nephews, nieces. These are 23 million people that are working up, waking up each morning, Jay, just like you and I, just like our audience here, and they're giving it their best. And that doesn't mean we get it right every day, as you know. Right. But they're giving it their best. And I think if we set the goal of framing investing not as this scary unknown, what if we frame it as investing in these 23 million people or said differently, having these 23 million people work to help you and I provide for our families to retire with, with freedom one day. But even behind that, 23 million people, that's just the directly. Imagine, you know, a pyramid, these companies, 23 million people working, but there's a very large number of small businesses that work with each of these large companies that employ millions and millions of more people. Uh, I get really excited thinking about those people working to help me retire because it's a lot more than just me or you or our team. Uh, and I think if we can get people, geez, here we are. What if, what if our entire audience here at North Allegheny High School was doing this, went to lunch today and said to their buddy who, who wasn't in the room, hey, I got 23 million people working for me right now. How about you? What would the person say? Would they believe it? They wouldn't. I don't think they like understand it. They'll be like, I don't know how to, how? They, they wouldn't understand well, then how. They, I bought the S&P 500. Unless they know what the S&P 500 is, they're, not, they're still not going to know. And that's what we have to break down. That's we what can't we think educate. of it as S&P 500 or stock market. Right. We have to think of it as tens of millions of people coming to work, doing the best they can, and that working out more times than it doesn't. Um, I like it. It's a, goal. it's a goal, a big goal. Yeah. You know, it's a big goal. And, you know, it goes in line with the episode, the title of the episode, Goals. What, what is your goal? And um, we believe everyone should have goals. It's very imperative. How do we... Let's, let's bring this full circle and leave, and leave everyone with a, an action item. How do we challenge people, our audience, anyone, to set both a short-term financial goal that's very realistic, that's just step one for a longer goal? What's the, the token we need to leave people with that they can be really excited with? What would have got... You excited. If you were sitting here, Jay, having this conversation, what would have made you take the first step? Because we can't do it for everyone, right? We, we, can, can. we can talk, we can have this conversation, we can hope to get people excited, but what we can't actually do is take the first step with everyone. We can you know, lead the horse to water, but they have to the analogy, they have to drink. I'm not sure what I'd do in the time. It depends. It's all about perspective. What I know at that point, but overall, I think it would be impactful just to be a part of something. Like if I had a piece, a ownership of Apple, the Apple company, uh, I own a piece of Starbucks. If I'm spending my money there, I wanna, I'd rather be making my money back as well with yep. investing. So, I'm gonna set a goal for us as we wrap up uh, here. From what we read, 115 million Americans don't invest. 
I think as we probably look across the school here, that applies to most people. What if we today, Jay, try to inspire one person? Just one. That's our goal. We're going to inspire one person to take an action item with the first step being they invest, they understand why they're doing so and they understand the long-term good that can come from that. And if we accomplish that goal, we'll move on to our second goal, which would be two people. And then hope that if we can communicate this story so effectively with what's possible, that that two people maybe tell a friend or a family member. Um, I believe very strongly, Jay, that good things happen if, uh, if young people, if we take ownership of our financial future, goals are the first step to get in there. And uh, I love doing this first podcast with you. Definitely. I believe it's, I believe it's a domino effect. You got to spark the mind that will help impact or change the world. Like everyone in here has like dreams, goals. Some, some of us have a few goals, but you have dreams, you have something, you, f- you have some sort of calling and you feel like you can do something or make change in the world. I feel like everyone has to believe in themselves to be able to make that change or take that next step. I want to take Jay's comment right there and throw that back at all of you guys. An observation that I have just being a few years ahead of Jay and the seasons of life, the world is at your fingertips and don't ever let anyone tell you differently. You know, sometimes we, right now you are, you're chasing dreams. Maybe it's just getting to holiday break here. (laughs) Um, Don't ever let anyone tell you the world is not at your fingertips because it is, especially at your age. It is until on the financial side, you kind of get handcuffed to maybe a bad money choice. That's why this class that you're taking is so critical. That's why you should tell every friend and family member about the class. Um, Jeff and I have seen firsthand what happens when really smart people get maybe lose sight of the fact that dreams are possible. Uh, So that'd be my challenge to you guys. Personally, we believe, I believe that uh, the financial side of this does help you achieve goals and dreams. When you're able to free that mind to Jay's challenge question there, it gives you that freedom. We're, we're working out of Carnegie Mellon right now. There's 70 new startups around us right now. People who took that step, who believe in a dream, taking that step, you need money for all that to happen. You either need to have a person, you need to find investors that believe in you too. Chase your dreams. That'd be our message to you guys. Um, that's all we got. Hey guys, thanks for bearing with us on our first podcast here. Yeah, I hope it was helpful. I really hope you guys do this stuff.